to you by our friends of the British Council. Hey everybody and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 here in New York City. That's right, rugby from New York City. But we are global and have Mr. George Hook calling in from Ireland. We have the Scotsman Steve Lewis in the studio along with the Englishman Martin Pengelly. And we have Six Nations Rugby, gentlemen. But first, let me welcome Mr. Hook in from uh, Ireland. George, how are you? I'm good. Now, you know I'm not a fan of uh, professional rugby, and I'm not a fan of the current Six Nations. But what it does do is it gives you drama like no, almost no other sporting event. So here we are on the penultimate week. If Ireland beats Scotland, big if, and England lose in France, the competition's over. On the other hand, if England win in France and Ireland lose in Dublin against Scotland, which is a bit of an ask, you've got an all-to-play-for match in Twickenham next week. So, in fact, this weekend is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Um, and I think it's Ireland-Scotland centre stage. All right. Well, we've got the Scotsman here next to me. Stephen, you just heard that. that well, first, first of all, welcome, Stephen. Welcome back from Las Vegas. Well, thank you. You want to tell us about everything that happened in Vegas? Absolutely not. <laughs> Martin's going to write about it anyway. Uh, Steve, um, what do you think the big thing for you and, and Scotland and Gregor Townsend are heading into Ireland to face the juggernaut of Joe Smith and co? Well, I think you used to say this about the French, George. You know, you didn't know which team would show up. So with Scotland, which team will show up? Will it be the ones who bumbled away through that first uh, dismal encounter in Cardiff, or with the team who were triumphant and uh, wonderful against England, um, hopefully the latter. I think this week the you know the cavalry is coming back to that extent for Scotland. They have six players coming back from injury: uh, three in the front row: Fraser Brown, Daryl Marfo, and Xander Ferguson. They may not all get picked. Richard Gray's back. Uh, John Hardy at flanker is back, and Alex Dunbar is back. So Townsend certainly has some um, s- support on the bench, shall we say? Ireland, I don't believe I've actually played their best yet, which kind of worries me a little bit. So um, I think this is the the central game this weekend. The other two, I think the results are more uh, clear-cut in terms of predictions. This one's tricky. And I find myself betting against Scotland for the second week in a row and hopefully I get the right result. So narrow win for Ireland. Let's go to my English friend, uh, Mr. Martin Pengelly, who had a stellar column about the Vegas Sevens, ladies and gentlemen. You have to check it out. Um, But... You, you might have to have a thesaurus with you when you are reading it, like I did. Uh, Mr. Pengelly, I know that you, we had spoken at the bar here, off camera, about um, England's replacements. Uh, England have, Eddie Jones hasn't picked the team, but they have a one of those situations that happens in international squads where the certainly the two most likely replacements in the main 15 against France are better players than those they will replace. Jamie George at Hooker to Dylan Hartley who may be captain but George is the Lions starting hooker and Elliot Daly instead of Jack Noel on the wing um, against Scotland I said last time we were here that there was no threat out wide Jack Noel is a great player he constantly surprises me by scoring tries but in terms of pace and threat he's not the same as Elliot Daly George might pep up a tiring front row so I think that is two injuries there that could help on the bench Sam Underhill is injured James Haskell likely to come in less good in terms of the uh, breakdowns that we talked about last week but it encourages me I th- I've, I've got a bad feeling about the game because I have a bad feeling about England these days but I'm going to predict England to 
take it. England to take it. George, uh, let's get back to Ireland for a second because I know that you're champing at the bit to uh, discuss whether Ireland win or not. Well, to suggest that Ireland have not played their best is actually wrong. They've played their best. They play their best every week, which is rubbish. Um, they, they are indisputably the narrowest formation in the, in, in the competition who played the least in, inventive rugby in the competition, who, who deliver consistently the smallest number of, off, of offloads of any team in the competition. Happily for them, they have a four-leaf clover as a coach who <laughs> succeeds in getting out of jail on a regular basis. Witness France, miraculous drop goal. Witness Wales, when Stockdale should actually have been put up against the wall and shot <laughs> for his attempted intercept. If the ball, I know it's an if, but six inches higher and Wales have won the match. Schmidt is incredibly lucky. And I think he'll play a whole load of rubbish. It'll be boring crap next Saturday and they'll probably beat Scotland. If I were Gregor Townsend, on the other hand, I would be exactly the same as Jack Brunel and Warren Gatland. Ireland can be taken out wide. All this horse manure. The British sent over Farrell to be the Irish defensive coach in the same way as they damaged our imports during the Great Famine. <laughs> Farrell is a British plot. Farrell is a British plot to do Irish rugby down by presenting the most porous defence since the rice pudding. <laughs> Well, I think you put, you know what you don't don't sugarcoat it, George. Don't ever sugarcoat it, Steve. Uh, it's hard to follow that. Impossible, right? So, well, let's segue over to France versus roast beef. Yeah. So, I think from England's perspective, it's it's the selections are going to be fascinating. So, what does Eddie Jones do? Does he um, you know throw out the baby with the bathwater? He's got to make some changes to the back row. Um, but the 24 wins out of 26 prior to that. So he's got an interesting uh, conundrum to solve. The French have a pulse. I didn't <laughs> say they had more than a pulse. I said they have a pulse. And they're at home. It's and they're potentially playing a England team with a little bit of self-doubt. Potentially. So, allez les bleus, vive la France, ABE. Wow. Ça va de soi. Um, Martin, you, one of your colleagues wrote an article about the, I think it was jelly legs, after mm -hmm. an English Lions tour, how the English players uh, have jelly legs more than anybody else because England historically has not won a, yeah. a, a Six Nations mm -hmm. after this. After the Lions tour, yeah, Rob Kitson wrote it, um, a wise man. Uh, it's predicated on, well, you know, there are a lot of Irishmen and Welshmen on that tour too. There weren't very many Scots, which is obviously explains what happened last week because... Um, right. It's, I think it's predicated on saying that the Premiership is a harder slog than uh, Pro, uh, Pro 14, which is, um, I guess, is true, but it's a value judgment you make yourself. Um, Rob made a good point in that column saying that Maro Otoji, who played so well for the Lions, then played the first four games of the season for Saracens. He also countered this point by saying, well, Otoji was also off for a long time in November, December with injuries. 
it's tricky to to say it because if, if you're saying it affects England, which obviously empirically it seems to, why doesn't it affect other people? I'm not sure. It's 50, I'm fifty fifty on it. And so certainly, players are tired after the Lions store. Vanipola looks knackered. So, despite despite Martin's colonial condescension there about the Pro 14, um, you do have a point. You know, well, I, th- I, th- I think this year's uh, European games between the different leagues tell a different story. You're yeah. talking about the week in week out attrition that say playing. Yes. Benetton or Zebra or someone yeah. as opposed to playing. Okay, yeah. that's my. You know, I, I, I've never done that week in week out, week out, but it seems bloody different. Not like you to be politically incorrect, but. Uh. Okay, all right. I have to interrupt this one. You two could go on this one forever. But we, we've had George's eyes are rolling in his head back in, in Ireland. George, uh, before we uh, we have to end this soon. I'm getting barked at, but we got to get to predictions. But before we get to predictions, I want to say that uh, you know you've questioned the. The uh, health of these centers of Ireland, be, and, and, and uh, you know, I've been screaming for Ford to be benched on England and put Farrell at fly half. We're getting ring rows back for Ireland, George. Is that going to help? Well, of course it is. Um, Ringrose is a magnificent player, cruelly treated by by Schmidt uh, in in his early days as a young centre. But he brings a lot of flair. But he also brings a lot of surgery with him to the game. Like Farrell is injured, the Irish Farrell that is, it gets injured in training. This week we're reading about more players missing the tournament because they're injured in training. Martin's point is absolutely valid. The intensity of this game is multiplied by the intensity of practice. The NFL is actually working towards less intensive practice rather than more intensive practice. Rugby union could follow that. All right. We're, we're running out of time, so let's get to the predictions. Steve, go ahead. Ireland, England, Wales. Martin. If France have a pulse, it's very faint and very dull. So England, Wales, Scotland. Scotland will go wide. <sighs> Scotland will go wide, and if coming off the way they played Dare against England, you. they shouldn't have a problem with motivation. Derry George. Italy will lose... France will lose, and the men in dresses will lose in Dublin. So you're not. Well, you're. I get what you're doing there. You're saying nobody is really winning out of these uh, out of these teams. Yes. Well <laughs> read, my good American friend. Thank you. Thank you. I'm. I'm not as dumb as I look. Close, but not as dumb. I'm going with Ireland. I'm going with Wales, despite the fact that, yeah, hey, they might have a letdown, but no. I'm never picking Italy again. And uh, I'm going with uh, Wales. I'm going with, I'm going with England, because France is just infuriating. You don't know who's going to show up, right? Ooh, these days, it's the crap team. And I will shave my head if Ireland loses to Scotland. You heard it here first. Fair enough? Accepted. All right, challenge accepted. Uh, on that note, we're getting yelled at uh, by the uh, gentlemen downstairs uh, who have been once again very patient with us, and I want to thank Mr. George Hook. Uh, George, one final parting shot. You got anything? Uh, I'm going against my better judgment to the Aviva Stadium with my grandson, uh, and I hope he enjoys it more than I will. <laughs> Free tickets? <laughs> I haven't had a free ticket since I came off television. <laughs> Perfect. Steven, anything? Nothing. Zero. Nope. Zero. He's still got that zombie Vegas look in his eyes. Martin, uh, one final parting shot? Anything? Parting shot? Um, no. 
Excellent. Great. Great. You guys are just, you guys do understand this is a talk show, right? Okay. On that note, on behalf of Mr. George Hook, the Irish legend, Steve the Lizard Lewis, and Mr. Martin Roger Moore Pingelli. Matt McCarthy for these esteemed gentlemen on Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 here in New York City. And don't forget, you can check us out on all the social media platforms. You can download this as as an iTunes podcast as well. And we'll see you next time.